Good morning. This is Chad with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Welcome in on this wonderful Friday. Uh, Larry is with me today. Dawn will be joining us shortly. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Mr. Jordan. Good morning. It's Friday morning. That is a sunshine day. That's right. We had a storm come through yesterday, but when it left, it was beautiful. So that was nice and beautiful day today. So we're talking real estate. Oh, you got to say one thing, Chad, now. Today is your sister's birthday. That's Not right. Not an April Fool joke, but if today is her birthday. So if she's listening, happy birthday. That's right. Not not a uh, April Fool's joke. This is real. Happy birthday, Amber. So uh, shout out to her. So that's good. Good reminder. So we're talking about real estate. What we're going to talk about today is, uh, you know, probably hopefully what people are kind of thinking about. What's going on in this market? Should we be concerned about a... You know, there's, there's talk out there of a recession. We have all these forces on not just real estate, but every everyday lives, increasing prices. Now we have increasing interest rates. So how do all these things, inflation, interest rates, taxes, you know, movement of people moving different areas, in the, how does that affect real estate? So we're kind of going to look at some of those things, and I'm sure we will only be able to touch the surface. Well, let's think of one thing. We we got cured last night. The president's going to fix the gas prices, right? Well, that's good news. I, I'm glad it's that, that, that simple, aren't you? <laughs> it would be nice if all problems were just as simple as saying I'm going to do something. But, yeah. you know, these are these are things that don't happen overnight. They're not fixed overnight. And so, you know, we're, we are going to see interest rates continue to rise. Um, but I think if we put it in perspective – Interest rates have been low for a very long time. As low as, I, some of the rates were as low as when my father bought a home back in the 50s. Right. Um, so it's interesting because the, the stories you heard, you know, I walked both ways uphill in the snow. Yeah. You know, these, I remember when interest rates were 17% and people thought, well, that's a, that's a story. That didn't really happen. These are real stories that really did happen. And, you know, there's no promise that it won't happen again. Things do kind of happen cyclically. And people did still buy houses. That's right. So people are always going to buy houses because people always need a place to live. And we say buy houses. They're going to buy houses or stay somewhere. We put yeah. it that way. Uh, Dawn, did you join? Are you with us today? I did. I did. And I love this topic. I actually have some statistics if y'all want to hear about some t statistics. I love statistics. And we have a, a math genius with us, Mr. Jordan here, our engineer. He loves statistics too. I love that. I love that. <laughs> and, uh, and to say that you were a genius, Larry, is really quite the understatement. <laughs> Einstein. That's right. <laughs> so um, right now, la so let's take last year, 2021, right? Well, well, interest rates were so low. First-time home buyers were responsible for 29% of sales last year. And um, well, that might not seem like a lot. It is, but but distressed sales and foreclosures were actually represented by less than one percent. So almost no foreclosures, and then cash buyers made up 25% of the market last year. Wow. So as you know, buyers go in, this is definitely something that I encountered while putting in offers for houses with buyers who had traditional financing. 
almost 100% of the time a cash buyer bidding over asking price, bid, outbid, and, and outbid my clients and won that contract, won that, the ability to purchase that house. So it was just, it was well, so and, interesting. And Dawn, if you have a first-time buyer you're working with as a real estate agent and you're bidding against someone with cash, it's, it's very difficult for a seller. I mean, the seller's going to, they have to do what's in their best interest. And so the path of least resistance is taking a cash offer, especially if it's asking price or more, rather than waiting on appraisals, waiting on inspections. Maybe there's still inspections, but it just makes it so much easier because cash, there's no third party that has to say, you know, we might not can do this. We might not appraise. Right. Actually, uh, I know of a house that sits a triplex and we got an all cash offer. This is a kind of a the same only different we got an all cash offer for full asking price and um right after that a an offer for financing came in but it was twenty thousand dollars over asking price we didn't think it was going to that place was going to appraise but um that twenty thousand dollars over asking price was uh they had a gap uh, clause in there so the person with the financing offering 20,000 over asking price had the gap clause saying if this house does not appraise I will put up the extra $20,000 to cover that gap right and that gap we're seeing that quite often in today's market because uh, prices are being pushed up well over asking price on a pretty consistent basis and um, that's kind of our topic is what what's what's causing these these things. Why is this happening? Are we looking at any changes on the horizon? And uh, that appraisal gap can be, we see it, it, it if uh, someone offered the $20,000 over the asking, in your case, that was a good scenario for the seller. They they offered to pay the entire appraisal gap, yeah, 20000 well, It wasn't my buyer. It wasn't my seller, but I do okay. have first-hand knowledge. Right. So, yeah. But it could be uh, limited to like a $5,000 appraisal gap. A two thousand dollars, whatever it is, those things are negotiated. That's why you need, if you're working in this market, you need someone that understands what's happening in the market to advise you correctly. Because um, can you imagine working with an agent who has no no real bearing on what's happening in this market and not advising a buyer what to expect? That would be a disaster. Or a seller. Or a seller. So well, we're, you know, and to that point, when Dan and I bought our house here in Idaho. Uh, we worked with seller's agents only, so or not seller's agent, I take that back. We would call directly the listing agent for whatever house, and uh, we were put in touch with an agent that refused to put an offer less than asking price in on a house. She said she hadn't done it in months and months. She wasn't about to do it for us, even though we didn't think the house, you know, we looked at houses. I, I know houses, and and I didn't think the house was actually worth the value that the sellers were asking for. So I said, let's put it in at this price, and she wouldn't do it. We decided she was not the the agent for us. And sure well, enough, and, we and as a house quick, and quick pause there, price. Dawn, um, there is a actual, um, there's law about that, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah. So how many offers, if someone says, hey, I want to make an offer, can we say, I will not submit your offer? Zero. We have to submit. Of the time. This we is how it reads. Submit an offer. We submit all offers. Now, and verbally is different. Yeah. Right. I mean, somebody just says, hey, I want to do this, but they won't write it down on a piece of paper contract. 
mm-hmm. then that's not an offer. But Correct. anybody who says, I want to make an offer, we have to submit all offers. So, 100% of the time. Exactly. Whether so, we like it or not. <laughs> all right. And that, that goes for uh, your house. And that happened uh, to uh, Mr. Jordan sitting here on a commercial building that uh, he and his partners were looking at years ago. The, um, the, the agent, commercial broker, said, I will not submit that offer. And uh, fortunately, Mr. Jordan, you knew the law. I don't think we have but about 10 seconds. But you said, well, how about I go with you? Because I thought you had to submit the offer. So they did. And, and, it, got accepted. Uh, and it got accepted. So this is why you have to submit all offers. You don't know what the seller will do until an offer is submitted. Hang on to that thought. We'll be back shortly. back the palmetto real estate group or uh, we're the palmetto real estate group but this is the palmetto real estate pros radio show welcome in if you have a question or comment or something that piques your interest feel free to give us a call at 803-799-TALK that's 803-799-8255 you can also check out our website at palmetto real estate pros.com and um we have uh we're talking about today the effect interest rates supply chain issues uh, taxes uh, inflation all these things have on the real estate market and it's a perfect time i believe to talk to erica erica <laughs> how are you today it's friday correct? i'm wonderful i'm wonderful it's friday congratulations for making it through another week that's right so how are we doing? What's going on? And, and tell us kind of uh, what's what's happening in the market. We were talking about interest rates, how what it, the effect it has on housing and whatnot and, and uh, all the other things. So tell us from your perspective what you're seeing in the market. So we, we had a pretty calm week in interest rates um, for mortgages. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Fed's raised the interest rate a quarter of a percent, which I should clarify, when the Fed the Federal Reserve, when they raise interest rates, it doesn't directly correlate to mortgage interest rates raising or falling. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually has more on short-term credit. So you, you should see it actually reflecting uh, in your credit card debt. You should see your rate increasing on that, um, which is pretty con- – that, that is pretty concerning. Consumer debt is up. I think John said on Tuesday that the amount of debt the American people have, have accumulated consumer debt in the last 24 months was, was trillions, mm. trillions in consumer debt. And that should be concerning that, you know, we now saw a quarter of a bump on consumer debt increasing and they plan to do five or six. So um, let's uh, give folks a, a real quick note. Okay. So if you have debt, credit card debt, get rid of it. That's now. I mean, yes, because it's not going down. And it's going to no. affect you, and that's going to affect your ability to borrow uh, for a house. You need to get rid of all that, and it's, and it's rising. And they don't rise like a house quarter point. Say, so, you know, they may be a quarter point, but that's high interest rates you want to get rid of. Well, yeah, because if you think about it, an average, you know, credit card interest rate, you know, we're looking at 18, 19, 20%. You know, it, it makes 4.99 and, and 5% look amazing on a 30 year fixed mortgage for a house. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, people get so caught up in 
interest rate for a mortgage, but that's really the only thing, the only interest rate that they're ever concerned about when they're actually going to pay tenfold over in consumer debt. And so right now, even though mortgage interest rates are higher than they ever have been in the last 24 months, we knew that was going to happen because they were artificially low based on the Fed being a main investor in mortgage-backed securities and investing in the 10-year treasury bond to keep interest rate lows on mortgages. What we've experienced was really them tapering, which means they pulled back that investment. And so the market kind of, it's, it only makes sense that if inflation on everything else is high, that interest rates would go up. So it, it's not surprising to me. I do think that we will see interest rates hit six probably by the end of the year. Um, but it, it still seems pretty reasonable when you have consumer debt that's going to be way, way over that. And so there's still an opportunity. Equity people have more equity in their house now than they ever have. Um, the average the average homeowner has gained about fifty-seven to fifty-eight thousand dollars in equity in the last uh, twenty to twenty-four months. I highly encourage everybody, regardless of what mortgage interest rates are doing, if you have a significant amount on your credit card, you need to look into tapping into your equity to pay those off because it, it's going to snowball. And it's going to snowball fast by the end of the year based on what those rates are going to go to. That's right. And so, Erica, we appreciate you calling. That's a great point. And so if anyone has questions about how to do this, refinancing your house is still not about it, especially if you've got credit card debt and other yes. consumer debt. It's worth refinancing, even though the rates aren't like in the threes where they were, it's worth it to get out of those 17, 18, 20% interest rate credit cards and consumer debt. Um, that's a, you don't need to do that. If you've got equity in your house, do it now, get out of all that consumer debt. So Erica, we appreciate you calling. Thank you so much. Remember folks, if you're listening, you can go to palmetto real estate pros.com. There's a link right on our website to Erica's site and um, ask those pertinent questions that we can't go through all right now, but you definitely need to inquire about that to get, get that stuff straight and still buy and sell property. We're still buying. People are buying and selling because people still need places to live. And um, Erica, thank you so much. And I think we have someone on hold. They, they gave up on us. Sorry about that if you were out there listening. So uh, we're talking about housing affordability. Interest rates are a huge part of that, but it's not just interest rates. It's also... Uh, you know, the consumer debt that Erica was talking about. What other debts do you have? Because uh, because you have great credit doesn't necessarily mean that you can buy a house. You have to qualify. And uh, we see this sometimes with people that are self-employed and, uh, you know, they have lots of money coming in, but they don't claim all their money. Uh, they write off most of it. And that's going to be a challenge, too. So there's a lot of things. If you have questions about that mortgage process, you need to call Erica. Well, that also affects, Chad, the thing that we see a lot of people now, they even looking for rentals. Rental properties are very difficult to find at a reasonable price right now. Well, and, and inflation doesn't just affect uh, the housing we're talking about. It's affected uh, rentals in a big way. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the articles Dawn and I were talking about, Dawn, are you still with us? I'm still listening. Okay, so. <laughs> well, I'm, and, and wait for me to start talking. That's right. So. <laughs> We were we were on this uh, this this what we were looking at was that uh, that rental rates or rental prices have increased twenty eight percent. And was that in the last two years? I, I don't know how long, but anyway, twenty eight percent increase. However long that that's a lot. 
And so it's not just home prices being pushed up, it's the rental price. So if you're renting, you're not really saving by not buying. You're just paying someone else uh, to cover their cost, which, you know, they got to cover their cost if you're renting. Um, and maybe you don't have to put the down payments down, but you need to get figure out getting your credit in order and uh, try to get out of that if you're if you're going to be putting your roots down somewhere for a while. It's It's worthwhile. You know, and that's actually one of the reasons that Dan and I decided to buy right away when we got here to Idaho is we were looking at rentals and to get a decent rental that actually has a two-car garage, which was very important to us because it snows here. Um, it was going to be about $1,000 more than if we just bought a home and made payments. $1,000 more for a decent place, which when we're talking about affordability – like it was a no-brainer to go buy a house. If you can still afford to buy a house, like don't let rising interest rates stop you from doing that because it's still incredibly affordable. So we've got interest rates from, you know, 2017 instead of 2022, right? Mm. Um, I mean, they're still that low. Well, and think about this too, Dawn. The $1,000 extra, if that's what it is, it's really – not a thousand dollars if you think about the tax ramifications that now i'm not an accountant so this is coming just off the cuff right but you get to write off all the interest you pay on that mortgage every year correct so in the current tax code what they're what the government is doing is saying hey we want people to be homeowners and to encourage you to be a homeowner we're going to help you by letting you write off all the interest that you pay on your mortgage so when we say write it off, what we're talking about is like if your uh, taxable income is $100,000 you make, that's what you end up claiming on your taxes. And let's just say you paid $30,000 in interest on your mortgage. Well, that reduces your taxable income by $30,000. So again, this is a simplified version of this, but home ownership, there are advantages to home ownership. So your $1,000 payment now you get to write off a portion of that in Plus a sense. Plus taxes. Plus taxes, well, you know, so you, you do get insurance. some benefits for sure. For sure, for sure. And then also when we talk about affordability and rising interest rates, another reason to not let uh, rising interest rates prevent you from buying right now is that it all comes down to affordability of the payment, right? Uh, one of the things we were talking about on the break was when interest rates were 3%, a lot more people could afford to buy a house, and now that they're up to 4%, some people were just priced out of, of buying a house because it, it, it affects the payments at the end of the day. So as interest rates go up, affordability for some people getting into a house is going to be more difficult. So if you can afford it right now, go and, and, and find a house. That's right. And so all those things that we're talking about, inflation, interest rate increases, all that affects the affordability of a house and we have on top of that the supply issue um so i believe i saw now this is february because all the numbers we get are a little bit lagging so we're in february still it'll be interesting to see what happens when we look at marches right quarter and when we get new numbers out that'll be interesting to see how that correlation happens between the rising interest rates and the uh, amount of people buying a home and the inventory because right you know, now we're still at a like a just a 1.7 month inventory or that's how long a house is sitting on the market excuse me so it's it's not 
they're still moving very, very fast. So um, if it's an inventory of 1.7 months, months, so it's a little bit less than two months, um, I always interpreted that or in, in that if there were no more houses listed today, we would run out of houses to sell in under two months, 1.7 months, so about s- seven weeks. Well, we and you remember what they houses to sell. What they used to tell us, like back in the old days, is a stable market was what? I think four to six months? I think so. Inventory? So now we're le- a month, less than two months. Inventory. That's a, that's a real challenge when, if you're looking to buy a house, this is why um, working with someone who understands the market is key because... You know, it, it can be a challenge. It's not that it can't be done. You just need to know what you have to deal with before you start your process. Yeah, I was looking to do something for a bank yesterday and looking up the properties. There were six houses uh, that I saw that none of them went over 43 days on the market. Exactly, and that's another good point because you're talking about bank. We we had a bank call us recently and said they have a lot of, a lot of inventory coming. Now, this is one asset manager so he's what he's saying is we have stuff that we've never foreclosed on and he said it was because of the pandemic because of what's happened in the marketplace with the covid and all we only have a few seconds here but um stuff is coming now we we see something coming so we'll 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 continue that thought on the other side of the break Welcome back, friends. This is Chad, Larry, and Dawn with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Welcome back. We are talking about supply chain issues, taxes, inflation, and housing. It doesn't sound great. Oh, yeah, and it affects... That's right. I mean, it just doesn't affect housing. The way things are going affects everything we're doing. Well, and housing affects affects everything. Yeah, I mean, it's just everything's affected by this housing i mean you can't go buy a new car sometimes because you gotta buy a house that's ten thousand more dollars than what you thought it was gonna be that's right so all these things kind of um you know they come together to to make kind of uh, what we see today and we are seeing supply issues uh, dawn was talking about during the break uh, building uh builders are having issues so our average house um on a you know, a track builder. So one of the big builders that come through and they, they uh, you know, build a bunch of houses. They were four to six months building a house from, from start to finish. Uh, Dawn, what are you seeing now, the timeline for start to finish building a house? Twelve months to never. <laughs> Twelve months right. to never. Now, now, we're hearing on some of the track builders nine months. But at the same time, you get to nine months, you might be like, well, we actually have a problem getting X. And you could probably name what X is. There are problems getting some things. Uh, windows being a huge item that, that causes delays in many cases. And we had a house uh, not too long ago. It was new construction. And it was held up for three months because they couldn't find windows. They couldn't get the windows. And the problem with the windows Think of the problems with when you can't get windows. Can you put the vinyl siding around the house? 
Can you finish sheetrock inside the house? Can you add kitchen? Right. You can't do much of anything. You can put the roof on, (laughs) you know, but all the rest of it has to wait till you have a secure, dry house. And so that causes major delays. Um, So we're seeing some of these things. So patience is a phrase that you're probably, or a um, a, a trait that you're probably going to really have to learn if you're in real estate right now. And why why are windows and doors and things so far behind right now, Chad? You got any clue to that? I mean, I will give you the stock answer, supply chain issue. But what that means, not enough trucks, not enough, um, I mean, I guess things, right? People were shut down for a year and complete factories not working, you know, and we're paying for that now. So we didn't see it initially, but we're seeing it now when people start go, hey, I'm ramping up now. I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to buy something. Employees, too. You don't have enough. Exactly. Labor issues. So we were talking about over the break that I was uh, meeting. I met with a builder about two or three weeks ago, and he was anticipating supply costs to increase from January to December. By the time we get to December, those costs are going to increase by about 30 to 35 percent. He is anticipating. So that means that these these issues that you know windows are still going to continue to increase toilets are still going to increase. as long as people still still want the labor to put them in exactly and and as long as people want and need things the price is going to go up if they can't get it right away and um i think we have a caller on the air Uh, who do we have with us today hello yes hey how can we help you good morning Good morning. Uh, this is not a real estate question, but uh, Larry Jordan, did you go to Columbia High School? I did. Okay. You grew up over in the Edgewood area near uh, Harrison Road? No, I was over and growing up in the Belvedere area. There were three Larry Jordans at one time at Columbia High School. Yes. I, was, I, uh, well, played, I played baseball and football. Okay. Well, I grew up with a Larry Jordan that grew up over in the Edgewood area off of Harrison Road. And I thought maybe you might be him. Well, I hope you liked him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Obviously <laughs> a man of much class and good taste. That's right. <laughs> okay. And Joe, let me ask you this. How long is the housing um, market going to be high? Yes. I don't see it the- changing anytime really soon because we still have pressure uh, from folks wanting to buy. Right. And, and you know, there's... It, all the stuff we're talking about right now creates pressure on that. Now, at some point, you know, everything's going to cyclical. It's going to change, but I don't see it happening right away. It may be a minute. So if you're looking to sell, it's a great time to sell. Uh, so, you know, just, just be patient. I think we're going to see this for, for a little while. Well, I, I live in the Chapin area, and I've seen a lot. of there's, The prices up here are just astronomical. I mean, uh, they, they've gone up. 20 and 30 percent i guess maybe that's right and you know, uh, on average net nationally houses have increased 15 percent on average so that means if your house was 300,000 uh last year you're selling right about 350 this year that's okay, good incredible it, well lsd all every friday and uh enjoy your show well, thank, thank you, you. Thank, thank you thank you for calling and i'm glad you knew larry jordan i, I maybe it was the same one and it was good that he was a good guy. So maybe it was you, maybe not. But, hey, we get calls constantly from folks saying, hey, I need Larry Jordan. And 
there are several Larry Jordans around. So, yeah, there's there's several. In fact, uh, my wife got scared one time. I was in New York, and she got a report that I had died in a traffic accident. And they got the New York police on a high-rise building in New York to get me down to talk to my wife, let her know I was still living. Well, that's wonderful for us to know, and it's wonderful you that didn't happen. We're glad no, you're here. We think I'm so, still here. So that we can talk about real estate, right? <laughs> so this is good because, you know, the, the question and the comment that we heard from our last caller is a comment and question that we hear all the time. How long? And it's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. All we can say is we don't see it right now changing. And, you know, this is why it's not a great idea to time the market. And you hear this all the time when you're looking at any kind of investment. Don't try to time it. If it's if if you're needing to buy or sell, uh, do it because everything is, is, uh, is, is relative. If you're selling a house right now, you're going to get top dollar. If you're buying a house right now, you're going to pay more than you might want to. But it's also it's, it's relative because you're also going to get more if you sell your house. It's offset by the lower interest rates. That's I mean, right. Even though interest rates are going up, that you're going to pay a little bit more for the house regardless because that's the market we're in. But you're still going to have a lower payment at the end of the day, which is where we talk about affordability. As interest rates go up, payments go up. So at what point are... Are we going to have enough of a supply of houses that people are able to get into to um, that's going to counteract the the payments right as interest rates go up our housing price is still going to continue to go up because of the shortage or at some point are they going to kind of flatten out it'll it'll and change we're at going some to have point a longer time on market because there are more houses that people can buy right and we have a couple issues uh, so you got millennials coming in buying houses first time home home buyers so you've got a, a a group of folks needing to find houses and then baby boomers selling their houses downsizing getting uh smaller houses so they're selling and buying or they're moving uh to to find a house that that better suits their needs after being in a house raising a family so all these things you've got all kinds of demographic data that that goes into this and we're not smart enough to figure all that out but we can tell you what we're seeing at the moment and what we see on the horizon uh, but nobody's 100%. No well, well, no crystal know, balls. Here's a good I also want to quantify millennials because we've been hearing about millennials for a long, long time. Millennials are now in their 30s. That's they're right. They're not the teenagers. Right. Like, but in they, my brain, but they they're still to teenagers, buy houses. But, but they actually are married with families. They've graduated from high school and college. <laughs> you know, some of them are probably getting to the point where they could have grandkids. Well, the, the, <laughs> they did. This was a group of folks that, that a lot of the economists, like, Lawrence Yawn uh, with the Realtor Association. I remember the articles coming out like, when are millennials going to buy? Why aren't they buying? Well, they are buying. You know, so they just waited a little bit longer. They went to college. They got a little more settled before they decided to buy their house. But, you know, all these things play into why is why is the inventory so so low? Why are prices so high? It's a it's a confluence of of uh, of of things happening that's created this and it's not going to change overnight and as we have we've seen it's you been know, here, years. here's a comment guys just from somebody a little older than you uh you always heard of people said i wish back when i could have bought that property for 
that's never going to change. If you want it, do it now. Don't wait because it's not going to get down cheaper. Uh, well, and if we saw a drastic price decrease, like 20%, I mean, think about that. Dawn, how much that did you say? That means the market's crashing. Right. If that means the market's crashing. Like that, we're looking at a 200, uh, 2008 scenario where suddenly, like, we're looking at tent cities because <laughs> there are that many distressed properties because the market is crashing. But that's if a good time for happen. investors. And and yeah. not only that, but it, it does correct. My point was not to scare people and say we're coming, we're no, getting we're there. Getting but there it, it comes back. You know, it, it's, it, it comes back over time. Uh, I mean, it took a while after the 2008 debacle, but we're better than we were then. And people thought, you know, prices can't continue to go up. And we've seen them go up and, and beyond that uh, because, it you know, there, people are always, again, looking to – to have a house where they're renting, well, they need to live somewhere. And what we're not anticipating is a market crash. We're anticipating at some point, you know, the supply is going to catch up with demand and it's going to soften the housing prices. We're not, we're not anticipating another crash like in 2008 or in 1929. Like we're not going to see that. That's not what's going to happen, or at least it's not anticipated what's going to happen. But if you look at year over year, home values you know there's like a roller coaster they go up and down up and down but if you take a 10-year average 10-year blocks 10 like 70 to 80 80 to 90 90 to 2000 it is a steady increase in home values a steady upward increase so you know while there are the dips like the roller coaster between those 10 years year or 10 year over 10 year it's it's um, it's historically proven that housing prices will continue to go up. So Perfect in 1970, note. if the house was uh, 50000 right. we're done. In 19- Taking a break. Ahead. Sorry, Dawn. <laughs> They're cutting us off. All right, we'll see you now. Welcome back. This is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. We've got Larry with us. And Dawn, and Dawn, on before we got cut off, and I, we apologize, but we were talking about the uh, the what's going on in this market, how to um, kind of put it in perspective, I guess, that um, over time, the real estate market has been very stable. And this is why a lot of people like the real estate market. It's been very stable. And if you're not looking to buy something um and get out quickly, although that's something people do. That's flipping or rehabbing a house. So that's a uh, forced value. We're, we're adding value by, um, you know, doing things to the house to make it more valuable. We're not waiting on the market. We're saying, and that works in any market, actually. Sure. And that's the good thing about rehabbing a house or flipping is that you don't have to wait for the market to get value. You do things, create value by the things that you do and then make a profit because you were the one that made the effort, took the time, spent the energy to, to, to bring up the value. So you've created the value. Um, so if you talked about pricing yourself out of a neighborhood, yes. And I mean, we can talk about that too, because you can, (laughs) you can certainly, and, and this is why you have the shows now, um, you know, years ago, all the, uh, you know, on HGTV, the shows were flipping and it was so easy. You know, people, you know, you, you, you basically see the timeline on a 30-minute, one-hour show from a house going from nasty to beautiful. And they put a sign out and it sells. 
it'd be great if it worked that way. So, yeah. and now you're seeing more shows where someone, an expert comes in, an expert house flipper comes in and says, you know, why have you had this house for a year fixing it? And how have you spent $90,000 on rehabs? <laughs> you know, so we we see that because people kind of get carried away sometimes on that adding value. But overall, the market is, is, uh, is stable, you know, and this is why in, in inflationary times when things are going up inflation, housing is actually a good idea because it's a hard asset. It's not, it's not something that's, uh, you know, something that people need. And so it's, uh, it's, it's pretty stable in that way. It's All right. True. So it's true. <laughs> we, okay. I, I, mean, I thought they would have some comment on that, you know, but I guess not. But, <laughs> you know, well, so, so when I lived in Las Vegas and this is right about, uh, right before the, it was, this was in 2006. And we were experiencing a housing bubble because everyone was saying, put your money in real estate, put your money in real estate. Right. Well, you know, and we had a lot of people who were buying uh, uh, rental rental properties to rent, you know, multi, multi-properties, not just one. And one of the reasons that Las Vegas was hit so hard in the uh, housing uh, crisis when the market fell out in 2008 was because we had, first of all, Las Vegas, you know, it's, it's a tourism city, so we're 100% uh, affected by people's tips, right? That's, you know, $80,000 a year hang jobs hang off trees but you know these are dealers these are you know waitresses these are bartenders you know people who 100 percent rely on tourism hosts things like that so you know they own five houses and suddenly the market crashes and a friend of mine was trying to talk me into buying a house in her neighborhood and it was a two-bedroom two-bath 1500 square foot house for four hundred and fifty thousand dollars and she's like, think outside the box, think outside the box. You can afford it. You can afford it. I'm like, well, yeah, I can afford the payment, but do I really want that payment on a two bedroom, two bath house that like, if I had to rent out, like, I don't think the payment was going to be $4,500 a month because that's where interest rates were back then. They were right about, you know, 10%. So the affordability is one thing, but when the market crashes, what happened was we had all these people who were, everybody knew somebody underemployed or unemployed at, who then couldn't afford to pay the houses. And these are, you know, including the people who own the houses are suddenly taking rents and putting it toward the house they're living in. So we watched market prices go from $450,000 down to $100,000 for exactly the same house because now it's foreclosed, it's empty, and the bank is just trying to sell its assets. That's right. And, you know, and this so, is why you see things change so drastically when the market changes quickly so for instance all that you're talking about individual people buying houses when the market everyone says get in and and you should probably be cautious when everyone says do something you might want to be a little cautious (laughs) but um we see that we're going to see this too like all the online buyers the uh the hedge funds and places like this oh yeah they're they're once the market starts to go down you're going to see them disappear um, and you're going to see your local investors start being stars again. And the reason for that is because the hedge funds don't necessarily have to make the same margins that mom and pop have to make. Uh, an individual investor, they've got millions of dollars in their hedge fund, and what they need to see is the money moving. So they're not necessarily looking at a 20% return. They're like, look, if we can make 
smaller percentage returns, but keep the money out there because they have to have the money in motion all the time. And so what we would do as an investor is if we can't find a good deal, we're not buying the house. Most investors and individual investors are probably the same way. And, and, and you know, when do you make money? When do you make money when you uh, buy or sell a house? Do you make when it on the buy, buy side or do you make it on the sell side? You make it on when you buy it. It's how well why, you negotiate the buy that? side because why is that? You're, you, you make your uh, money when you buy it. You collect your check when you sell it. Correct. So when you sell it is when you collect your proceeds. But when, however well you do it at negotiating the buy side, that's where your back end is going to come from. And so well, if you buy it overpriced, you're not going to collect anything on the backside. You know, and, and, and we, we don't even need to talk specifically about investing at that point, right? Because if people were looking at houses that the property values have increased, 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 right? So if you bought your house 10 years ago, even if you bought the house five years ago, you still bought it much lower than you can sell it for right now, right? If house housing prices were going down right now, it's not necessarily a seller's market. At that point, it becomes a buyer's market. And is it really the right time to sell with property values low? You actually want to buy low and sell high. You don't want to buy high and sell low. And that's one of the reasons I opted not to buy in that $450,000 you know, house in 2008. I just didn't see, you know, I didn't foresee the market crashing. But I, I didn't see that that was going to be sustainably affordable year after year. Now, you know, fast forward to, to, to 2022 where um, uh, wages have increased. You know, we're actually seeing, even though the pricing of houses is higher, we're actually seeing higher wages, um, you know, higher values in a lot of things. So... I didn't see that in 2008, right? In a in a place that was still uh, completely undervalued, where you could still go out and buy a brand new construction house for $200,000. Well, now we're seeing brand new construction houses um, where I am. You can't get a brand new construction house, a 1,500 square foot house, for under $550,000. And this you know, is why so, one reason we're saying it's probably not going to change anytime soon because correct. it still costs what it costs to build a house, and so. You know, that's kind of one of the things we look at. What does it cost to build a house? And, you know, if it still is expensive, you, the cost is the cost. Now, value is different than cost. Uh, price is different than value. So a house could be worth X amount of dollars, but let's just say a house is worth X amount of dollars, but it costs more than that to build it. So that creates pressure on well, what, in what's current the value inventory. of a house, right? Right. It's it, what it's someone's willing to pay. That, say that again? It's what someone is willing to pay. There it is. <laughs> so, so value and price more. are different. Yeah. And uh, if our, our friend uh, Frankie would tell us the same thing. An appraiser doesn't look at price. So if you put 50 grand into your kitchen, get, the appraiser doesn't really care. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, and it may increase the, the value. The but, life, anyhow. Right, but it's not going to increase based on what you paid for it now it could increase it more it could increase it less and so we know that kitchens and baths we've all heard this you know they they increase the value more than anything else but it's not dollar for dollar necessarily this is why you got to be I careful mean, if you're an investor 
I know a lady that she updated her house and she spent $100,000 on her kitchen remodel with, you know, hand-painted Italian tiles and a red cork floor, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the neighborhood that she put this $100,000 kitchen alone in, the housing values in this neighborhood are about $300,000. So she, when she went to resell, her pricing point was closer to half a million dollars. So she overbuilt... I mean, buy $200,000 for the neighborhood. So the neighborhood just wasn't supporting this beautiful house. People were coming in and saying, yeah, it's a beautiful house, but look at the neighborhood. It's, it's not a house that doesn't go in this neighborhood. All right, so we've only got about a minute left, but what the point of this is all the these – The The point. <laughs> they, they, it plays into um, what's happening in the real estate market. All these forces come in to – you know, kind of push values up or push values down. Right now we're seeing values being pushed up. There will come a day when values will be pushed down, and it's the same forces maybe in reverse happening. When more inventory hits the market, prices usually come down because that's supply and demand. It's your basic stuff that you learned a long time ago about supply and demand. And so right now values are being pushed up, and you want to just be careful on all those things. If you want to put a hundred grand into your kitchen, Go for it. However, like Dawn was saying, just be aware that you you may not get a hundred thousand back out of it because you did that. Adding a huge outdoor kitchen, and you spend fifty thousand dollars. I mean, that's great. It's going to help you sell your house for sure. But you may not get dollar for dollar what you put into it. And so these are some of those supply forces that come in. And only got a couple seconds here, Dawn. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for all the listeners out there. We'll see you next week at the same time. Till then, have a great weekend. Admit it. You've been woken out of a home improvement fever dream after an HGTV binge session and believed you could be a house flipper. Well, that dream is more realistic than you thought. Let the pros at the Palmetto Real Estate Group of SC guide you through the investment and rehab process. And let's make those dreams come true. Learn more at palmettoreg.com.